to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Ladies and gentlemen, in this episode, I have a discussion with the host of the podcast, Dangerous Info, Jesse James. We talk about the public education system in Michigan, where he lives. We talk about Common Core, radical books in schools, the ongoing war for the mind, and he gives a few tips on proper preparation as well. I'll tell you what. If the going gets tough, this is definitely a guy that I want in my corner, no doubt about it. And this nation is filled with patriots just like him. He's also on Gab, at Jesse James, and he's on Telegram as well. Again, his podcast, Dangerous Info, is available everywhere. So give this a listen, and I'll catch you on Friday. All right, well, this is Jesse James from the Dangerous Info podcast. It can be heard on all the podcast platforms. And um, we just started, we're about... Uh, seven episodes in, I just released a new one this morning. Uh, so every, every it's a weekly uh, podcast for now until I get some more time scheduled up and we are uh, able to go. Uh, I'd like to go multiple times per week, but we'll get there. Like I said, we're brand new, but if you guys want to check us out, it's uh, Dangerous Info Podcast. Uh, me, Jesse James, J-A-Y-M-Z. Awesome. Um, yeah, we are, uh, you know, basis for the call is because I heard you on, several episodes of the quite frankly podcast too and you know you're talking about education and you know from your your point of view from your side of the whole uh education system and over here on my side after i heard that i was like you know i I gotta tell this guy something you know i started listening to your podcast then so i decided to give you an email and responded right away so that was really good and um it, it just seems like everything's ramped up now my experience that i had with our local school board here in Michigan is uh, probably goes back five, six years is when I started fighting them. Um, but it, since then, it's ramped up so much. I mean, you, you, you know how crazy it is right now. I mean, yeah. You're fighting it. it. It's just insane now. Um, back then, when I was trying to fight it here, you know, I, I would say things um, like, like critical. Uh, back then, it was nobody knew what it was it was critical theory right that's the overall broad spectrum of it um and, and there was this one teacher in in our class in one of my daughter's classes and i noticed that he was sending things home that were not on the syllabus or or you know that i would find in her folder you know strange things um things talking about you know has nothing to do with school education and, and you know math science and, and the typical stem things it was more so of behavioral and attitude and um, things that I thought should not be in school. I mean, as families here, we're supposed to do the the moral work, the, the you know everything outside of the STEM. What do you the field, right? So I started to question. You know, I showed my wife this, these papers that were coming home, and they were, uh, again they're not on the syllabus. I asked my daughter about these things. She goes, I don't know. He just hands these out at the end of class, and they're in our folder and our um, what they call those mailbox things that they had in, the, in this uh, not mailboxes they were called um, apartments <clears throat> that they had in the classroom so the teacher would drop these papers in there and as the kids leave they just grab them throw them in their notebook and, and they're out the door when the doorbell rings or when the, the bell rings right so these things were I knew they were not right and and luckily you know years prior to that I want to say 2014-15, I used to watch all these Paul Joseph Watson videos about the madness in education and what's, what was going on over in Europe at the time. So I was seeing a lot of things 
that related to these papers that he was giving the kids to what Paul Joseph Watson was saying. And it was the same type of words. I mean, we're talking all these gender words. At the time, nobody knew what these were all about. Um, these uh, offended things that you couldn't say, these uh, microaggressions, uh, just all these things were not normal as a normal kid, you know, like, like you and I growing up. Um, and up to that point, as our kids were growing up, it's like, you know, everybody jokes around, we have these common things, but something seemed different. And it was um, creeping in then. I tried to tell to a bunch of my friends, hey, this is what's going on. I showed it to other parents. They're like, yeah, well, I don't know what that stuff means. And people kind of left it there. Nobody wanted to listen, right? I kept on going. I kept on paying attention to more teachers. And uh, my other daughter started getting seeing certain things. You know, this is just after a few years after Common Core was presented to our uh, district. Uh, I didn't like Common Core either. I talked to some teachers about it. They really couldn't explain it very well until um, I started prodding them more about it, <clears throat> saying, hey, you know, um, what do you know about Common Core, and do you know what do you know where it comes from? They had no clue. You know, I found I finally did enough research. Common Core is all coming out of the United Nations and the whole program they have over there. Basically, I think you know uh, th to indoctrinate all the kids of the world with the same indoctrination program. Right. That's the way I, I feel about it. I don't know about how you feel about it, but uh, everything I researched, that's what it goes down to. Everybody yeah. learning this, learning the same thing all across the world, right? Yeah. And, um, and, of course, it's not the truth either. Oh, no, it's a false paradigm that they set up. But what it is is teaching all these kids and parents and families to accept their new version of a global citizen. You know, that, that, that's what I learned back then. Now I bring it all the way to today. You know, I, I, I learned about sustainable development, that whole agenda 2030, uh, 21. And now the new, you know, Build Back Better, which is all the same garbage. It's all the World Economic Forum. Uh, uh, elitist talk about global citizens and what it takes to be a global, global citizen. Hey, you want to take this jab? You're going to be a global citizen. You don't, you're a bad person. You're a, you're, you're an evil patriot of your country, whatever country you're from. So, you know, as I connected all that stuff way back then with my kids going through the school up until now, and I see what's going on in the world and all these warnings we have from, you know, that tool one, the cyber pandemic or the polygon, uh, the World Economic Forum, you know, where you're going to own nothing and be happy. That's all from one place. And it's all being spewed by one group of people. And for so many people across the country that are accepting it or they don't want to hear our warnings about it, even though every day we're seeing this crap come home from our schools and our kids' packs, you know, um, it, it's, it's, it's out in the open for me. I mean, they're no, long, no longer hiding it. You see all these governors and, and presidents. Uh, they're all saying the same stuff. So, you know, they, they keep saying the world, uh, New World Order in their speeches. Uh, they're not hiding it anymore, Sean. It, it, to me, they're just it's, it's time to go for it. And, and for those that are waking up, we know the ones that are not, we'll be here for you when you do wake up. We'll, we'll help you uh, <laughs> cope with it all when you, it finally hits you that something is going on and, and if you don't watch it, your kids are going to fall to it, too. Let me ask you a question in that same vein. Yeah. From, from again, your, your perspective. Well, well, first of all, you know, the common, let me go back to the Common Core thing real quick. The, the Common Core stuff, again, and you, I'm, I'm certain you know this, is that I'm, I'm going to use a math, a math class example. 
in math, one of the things that started to occur was you couldn't you couldn't solve a problem multiple ways. That common Co- Common Core was basically telling students that there's only one way to solve a math problem. Correct. When of course we know that that's not true. There's multiple mm-hmm. ways. So mm-hmm. that 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 right there, though, I mean that behavioral shift to not to not problem solve and and to not critically think even on their own and just again say this is the way that the book says to do it so you're going to do it i mean that's training a slave yeah that's training what, a robot yeah totally agree and what what i've learned even more about that thing is um about exactly what you just specified there is they're training them in a way that it's leaving the parents out of the situation. So now the kids are coming home with the way to uh, do these problems that they were taught in school, which the parents have no idea of the, the ways it was traditionally taught. So now the kids can't go to the parents for the help. Exactly. So who, they, so who they're relying on, the state education program to do that, government education. Now, um, I even found more where, okay, they don't look for the right answer specifically. What they're looking for is the right thinking, the process of thinking, even though you got the answer right, or, or, or even though if you got the answer wrong, they don't care. They're, they want the thinking process to be what they told you in school. Yeah, you know, my youngest daughter, she she got really frustrated with it too because she said, um, I believe Common Core started when they were already halfway through uh, at, uh, elementary school. So it was, it was almost like a switch flipped and the way they were being taught changed to the way they're being taught now in, in like one day. Right. Um, so my daughter, I remember saying something like, you know, I got the answer wrong, but because I kind of worked on it here on the side and I showed some work that I was trying to get it the way they want me to learn it, they gave me, they gave me the right they gave me credit for it, even though I got it wrong. She couldn't understand that. And that really, um, oh, man, Sean, that made me so mad because I knew what they were doing. And I, I, I was having trouble trying to explain this to other parents, saying, hey, this is what this is. It's not, you know, the Common Core is Communist Core. That's what it really should be named. Yeah. All right? It's all these fancy words that they try to put in there. And, um, and people are confused by it, and they just accept it because they're not asking questions. They just think it's... Uh, you know, regular everyday school stuff, but it's not. We're so far from that now. It's also just a, a, another example of forfeiting one's own rights and, and one's own responsibility. Um, the, the very teachers that were given these textbooks and these quote-unquote common core materials to use, they didn't actually have to do it. I mean, they didn't right. actually have to implement these things um, it, for their students. I mean, they could have just relied on the old tried and true way of uh-huh. teaching these subjects. And, and that, that would have been it. But again, uh-huh. the, you know, as you know, the entire system is set up to not ask questions. And if you start asking questions, it's game over for you. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. And, you know, from, from those earlier days when they were younger, I kept an ear on that same teacher because I knew other parents who had students uh, that was gonna that were gonna have him too as a, as a teacher. Um, bringing that forward to like 2017, all right, it was it was Christmas break 2017, 
And my daughter was in a, a class that was offered at the high school. It's called DEEP, D-E-E-P, the DEEP program. For um, It was put on by the U, uh, University of Michigan. Uh, now, get this. This is something that I found. And this is what really sparked a whole lot of, uh, I guess, I, I, I panicked and I feared a lot of people in the school board and in their city council from what I found. So um, <clears throat> the DEEP program is when they have a professor from U of M, University of Michigan, come to our high school here, okay, in the district, and teach these advanced classes, uh, and they would get college credits. And it was available for, I believe, 10th, 11th, and 12th graders. <clears throat> My daughter was invited, uh, and that's how these kids get into these classes. Uh, you know, it's based on their grades, and um, she got invited to it, and we were you know, we kind of him hawed. I was, I was very suspicious um, because it's like, well, you know, are these credits really going to transfer uh, to the college later? Is she's going to go? And, you know, I wasn't very hip on college anyway. I never let my wife and daughter know that stuff. But um, just because I see the way the, the landscape is now today. Yeah. Um, but anyway, she ended up going through this deep class. Um, that winter, Christmas break, I... Uh, the wife, she ordered all the books for the class. I think there was four books for the class. And so, you know, our two-week break. Well, I got up early one morning, and, and the mail was already here. Uh, so we're on Christmas break. Uh, I go down there, and I grab the books in, in the mail, and I open it up. Everybody's still in bed. You know, I, I'm out making coffee. It's still dark out, and I'm just thumbing through the books. Not really thinking much of, you know, hey, let's see what this deep class is all about. So <clears throat> I get these books open. and. I'm not going to say the full title because I don't like this word, but these are the recommended reading books from that deep professor from U of M. Uh, the first one was die and word die. Okay. And I forgot who the author is of that, but he's one of those radical, uh, uh, leftist, uh, author. You, you'll be able to find it if you look for it, die and word die, but it's, you know, it's spelled out fully. Sure. And in, some, in that book, um, and I took a bunch of screenshots of it with my phone and I highlighted, highlighted them. Now, remember, this is for 10th and 11th and even 12th grade students, you know, so 16 years old on up, right? It has all these, you know, I'm just skimming through the book, looking at, you know, what's in there, uh, drinking my coffee. And then I come across these paragraphs talking about violently raping your mom when your dad is not here. Um, I'm going to make your mom love this black, blank, blank, um, really deep, uh, upsetting things, you know, even as an adult, even, you know, we, we have kids and everything, but think about somebody, you know, kids who are still virgins still are, are morally sound and never heard these things, especially coming from books from school. All right. This is 2017. I, I immediately, I, you know, I ran, you know, up, upstairs and I, kind of sat in the room and waited for my wife to wake up and I started showing her this stuff and she couldn't believe it. Um, so I got on the phone, I started calling some other parents and, you know, uh, nobody really knew what to do. So, you know, since we're on spring break, um, I knew I had to, I had two weeks to kill this book. Actually, there was another one too, but it wasn't quite as bad, but still I wouldn't want to read it from my mom. Okay. They're, they're that bad or my kids out loud. So I was like, okay, I can't, I can't let these two weeks go by because I know we're coming, you know, after the new year, 
the kids are going to go back to school. I can't let my daughter see this, get this book at school. There's no way I'm not going to accept it. So I'll, I started reaching out to people that I knew, other teachers, you know, from elementary all the way up to high school. Um, uh, people on the on the um, city council here. Uh, we have a small town. Uh, I, I contacted them. I started sending pictures of these. What I found out, I started sending them around. Well, it got around to to, to quite a few a few people on the on the board on the school board too. Um, and in particular, it got onto um, city council. And there is a lady there who does the marketing for the schools. And um, it took me about three, four days, and there was enough of these pictures going around. You know, people texting to everybody they know, and this this person knows this person. Uh, it, it even got to our um, uh, what do you call it? the uh, the police officer that works at the school who who just sort of hangs out in the parking lot and uh, the liaison, right? So it got to him. Now he was pissed, and he told somebody on city council to tell me to actually take it to local media, which I did. Uh, local media was scared of it, even though the, 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 the person that I knew there was really frustrated with it. Okay. Um, it seemed like everybody's hands were tied. Nobody wanted to do anything, but nobody wanted to tell me to, you know, go out and, and make this public. So I put a word out on our local, there was a local Facebook thing or, or uh, you know, those chat rooms or whatever. Yeah. Um, I said, I need to get a hold of the principal right now. Now the principal, he's my age. He graduated with my wife. Uh, he's 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 still in the same town here. Um, I figured, you know, I'll, I'll talk to him, and he'll be like, "Oh no way, I, we can't let this happen." So anyway, I, I get a hold of him. Somebody gives me his phone number. I call him. Uh, <clears throat> you know, again, spring break or Christmas break. I get a hold of him, and we start talking on the phone. I'm like, "Hey, uh, I don't know who's." watching over this whole deep program, but here's the, here are the books that just came in and I found this in the books. And I sent him the pictures. <clears throat> he looked at it, you know, and I'm thinking, okay, he's going to tell me, you know, call me back and say, Oh no, we can't have this. Uh, this is not right. You know, I don't feel comfortable with it. He didn't say any of that. He's like, well, it's coming from a professor. The professor know what he, knows what he's doing. Um, and I trust his judgment. I believe that the kids will be able to handle this. Now, you, you heard what I said earlier about raping your mom and, and all these things and throw her on the floor. I mean, I'm just going off the top of my head from four years ago, but um, these things are violent, violent rape situations and, and abuse and uh, talking bad about their white dad and all this stuff. I mean, it's crazy, Sean, this, this book. I tell you what, I'm taking a look at it right now on Amazon. Okay. And yeah, if you don't mind, let me read the description here. Okay. It says, quote, more than any other black leader, H. Rap Brown, chairman of the Radical Black Power Organization Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, SNCC, came to symbolize the ideology of black revolution. This autobiography, which was first published in 1969, went through seven printings and has long been unavailable. Chronicles the Making of a Revolution. It is much more than a personal history, however. It is a call to arms, an urgent message to the black community to be the vanguard force in the struggle of oppressed people. Forthright, sardonic, if I'm saying that right, and shocking, this book is not only illuminating the dynamic, but also a vitally important document that is essential to understanding the upheavals of the late 1960s. 
and it says University of Massachusetts professor Yukemi Michael Thelwell, if I'm saying that right, has updated this edition covering Brown's decades of harassment by law enforcement agencies, his extraordinary transformation into an important Muslim leader, and his sensational trial. And then at the bottom, in the About section of the author, it says, uh, let's see, H. Rat Brown is now Imam Jamil Abdullah Al-Amin. Al Although his revolutionary sentiments remain undimmed, he now leads more than 25 Muslim communities from his headquarters in Atlanta, Georgia, and has been a frequent speaker at universities and Islamic organizations. He lives in Atlanta. Uh-huh. There you go. Yeah. H. Rat Brown, that's him. And um, I'm sure they couldn't find something better to read. I mean, my God. Well, that, that was my question to the principal here. I'm like, hey, look. I said, if, if you think this stuff is okay for the our students to listen to, I said, how about I come to your house tonight with this book and I read this in your living room in front of your wife and kids? Oh, no, no, we don't, we, we don't have to have that. So, you know, he doesn't want that filth into his house, but he's going to let it allow it at the high school with 10th, 11th, and 12th graders. You know, we're talking 16-year-olds and up. Um, he, was, he was okay with that. So I started threatening more people with this. And I said, I'm, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm, I'm going to let more people know. It, I ended up talking. I have a lot of friends in the police department um, in the jail. And it got around. And it got to so many people in there. They were so frustrated and mad. And, you know, this guy, H. Rat Brown, um, talking about the whole radical black movement or whatever that stuff was. Um, I had uh, feedback from black police officers and black black uh, members in in the area who said, no, this is not all this is dividing us. OK, we're not about any of this crap. We just want a safe place for our kids to go and, and to, to not have to worry about this kind of stuff. That's why we came to the school district. Okay, well, our, our uh, principal didn't pay any attention to any of that stuff. So he was uh, happy to let that stuff go. So I said, okay, look, who's monitoring what what the teacher at U of M is bringing to these kids? He's like, well, I'll get you the information. He was never able to find me the information because apparently the person who set up the DEEP program through our district uh, is gone now and, and that, uh, that position hasn't been filled. So basically it was a professor from U of M was being able to run roughshod over what he was teaching the kids here at our school, and there was no oversight from our side. So the superintendent at the time, now this is crazy too, he had to resign <clears throat> during this whole Christmas break. He resigned at the same time this stuff was coming out. He resigned because it came out where an ex-student and him uh, had some sort of relationship. I believe it was just after she had graduated. But they were very friendly in school and everything. So I, I don't want to put any accusations out there. The people in the community here know the story. Anyway, he he resigned. He took off. And in his place was a, uh, I guess, assistant to the supervisor. Um, anyway, he came in, right, and to help the situation out. And he he's started talking to me. And I started talking to him. And I was like, look, I, there's no way I, I'm going to let my daughter go back to school with these books there. I told the principal about it. He doesn't seem to have any issue uh, with it happening. I said, what do you want to do? I said, I'm either going to take, go, go bigger media here around, around this place, or I'm just going to get on Facebook live and start talking. People know who I am in the area. And a lot of people have my back. 
uh, at this point. You know, we're at this point five, seven days in, and so many parents were finally ticked off like I was. And, and I was ready to go. And um, he was able to get a hold of the principal, shut him down, even though they're buddy-buddy and everything now. Um, and he was able to get those books changed. So those two books never came in. But uh, I don't know what the teacher replaced them with because the syllabus was not updated. I just checked, you know, what my daughter was bringing home. Now, right. from 2017, yeah. So so you want to bring that right right now to what's happening today, this week, and last week in our school district? The uh, Remember that teacher I told you about from years ago who was giving out the uh, – uh, the critical theory stuff right. that we didn't really know what it was about. Okay, well, now today he is on um, the CRT. Now they're not calling it CRT, right? They're calling it uh, diversity, equity, and it's DEI. Um, inclusion. Yeah, inclusion. Okay, they're, they're, those are the key words. And that's what I was telling these parents. I said, look, when you see these key words, they, that's what is, is disguised that's the disguise for CRT. Uh, there's critical race theory. There's critical feminist theory. There's critical. There's all these different parts of critical theory in the overall. So the Frankfurt School in Germany, that's where it all comes from. That's all Marxist uh, nonsense. Yeah. Okay. Which is now it's being imported here and it's, you know, we're, we're dealing with it now. So, you know, the same thing happened back in 1917, Russia, in the 30s, Germany, and 2020 here in the United States. So. Uh, it's on, and it's, it's it's basically there's no way to put it back in the bottle. It's just parents are going to have to wake up now and fight for the future of their kids uh, because it's not going to stop until we make it stop. Um, and, and so now these teachers are more emboldened. They're pushing this agenda further because we know the, the, the teachers' unions, they don't care. They're just they're steamrolling, right? Everything is just full motion ahead. Now, I like what you did. You went to the school board, and you let them – you blasted them. I believe that was school board, right? You blasted them on the whole COVID insanity and, and, the, and the jab mandates and all this nonsense. Um, but to me, it, does it seem to you, Sean, like there's like a, a, a great, <clears throat> a great awakening that's been happening over the last couple of years, because I'm seeing people now question things that would not question anything before. And, you know, I'm talking about not just in education, but in, you know, they, they see media as lying like crazy. Um, they're, they, the jet Joe uh, Biden, he's red pilling the hell out of everybody. He doesn't even know it. It's just, there seems to be like a great awakening happening right now. At the same time, <laughs> there's the great reset happening. And one of them is going to win. Of course, of course, God wins in the end, but I believe we must go through these things. I mean, we did it to ourselves, clearly. Yes. To some we, extent. We, we we sat back for years. We watched football. We went out drinking. We went to the club. We, uh, you know, we did all this stuff. You know, we didn't have intentions of allowing bad things to happen, but they did. Because, you know what, uh, whatever you want to call it, this globalism, this uh, elitist stuff that's coming in, these uh, one world people, their, their plans never sleep. When we go to bed, their plans are still rolling forward. And every day. They advanced their little window over and over and more, more and more. Um, and if we didn't pay, you know, if we don't pay attention, we end up with what we have today. You know, one of the interesting things about the K-12 environment, which is why the people who work there are some of the most abused people that exist in, in the workforce, 
is because those systems are closed systems. And what I mean by that is, is it's just a giant echo chamber. And if there's a dissenting voice in a, in a school system, it's very difficult for that person to, to keep their job. In particular, if they just don't have the support of the administration around them. I mean, that, that's essentially how easy it is for a teacher to lose their job. If an administrator doesn't like them, that person's gone. The sad part is that, you know, the, the great awakening that's been happening, which I've even mentioned on my, I think I mentioned it on my podcast, but <clears throat> I certainly put it out on Gab, was that that phrase dates back to the Revolutionary War. Uh-huh. Uh, that, that That's not, it's not a, really a new phrase per se, and it really does have to do with a a revealing of factual information, but a coming back to God. You know, I think where the first Great Reset was? Uh, when the flood happened, I think that was the first great reset. There you go. When he, when, when God flooded the earth, told Noah to, to protect everything. Yeah. Cause okay. There, there's a recent podcast that uh, we just finished up here. One of mine and, um, it's called giants among us back then when the flood happened, uh, the flood came because they were messing with the DNA today. What are they doing with our DNA with these two, these, jabs that are you know emergency use only yeah they're they're changing our dna i think we're all the way back to that again so you're right this could be our third great uh attempt at a reset or something here i mean it really is brainwashing so many of them are so brainwashed you know but but there are many awake teachers and i fully understand that but you know i wanted to ask you too about the mask wearing stuff because again that was such a big stepping stone and such Uh a such a giant foundational move toward a complete totalitarian takeover yeah uh you know of every individual i mean Mm -hmm. i'm going to give you an example there's a woman who lives down the road from me she has a swimming pool in her backyard it's completely fenced in um she lives by herself she used to live with her elderly mother before she passed every single window in her home the blinds are completely closed she doesn't drive she calls a local taxi in town to come and pick her up and take her from point A to point B. She's a retired professor. She wears, oh. a, she wears a mask. She wears gloves to go get the mail at her mailbox. And I'm certain she's been double, if not triple, jabbed. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, that, that person, probably. yeah, I mean, that person can't be helped. No, they just can't. And and there was even a guy who came over. He was a landscaper. He came over and and uh, and I think my dad went and just kind of like checked on her to see if she was all right or whatever. But was talking with the uh, talking with the landscaper, and he goes, "Yeah, man, she's a house cat." He goes, "I don't I don't know what her deal is, but she's I mean she's got the cure to all the ailments right in her backyard with a swimming pool and sunshine and like you know a nice house. I I, I don't know what the deal is. Yeah, I mean you, that's you, crazy. Yeah, I mean you can't you can't save that person. Those people are out there every day, and and me in the field of work that I'm in, I also I'm out in people's yards every day too, and uh, with my crew or my landscaping, and um, it, it's insane. And those are the people you can identify is. They're the ones who are hooked on media and trust every word of the media. And, and you try to bring them, you know, think about it. If you replay this, what we just talked about here today, you replay that to them, they will have no idea what we're talking about. 
Yeah. This will go right over their head. This does not fit into their little, uh, you know, cubicle mind brain uh, of acceptable facts, right? This stuff is just not, it does not compute to them. Um, they're just, I guess it's uh, tunnel vision, and they're not willing to accept anything outside of their tunnel. Uh, that's what it seems like to me. It's, it's scary to, to know that people are out there doing that. And we're talking about, you know, you said she's a retired professor or something. I mean, these are people who have been in a system for so long. They trust that system. They have all the faith in that system. And they believe whatever that system gives them without question. It's totally insane to me. There's so many varying degrees on a spectrum based on where a person works and what a person does. And if a person is married or not, or, you know, how many kids they have or not, that it it really doesn't matter because you're, I mean, all of that is basically an excuse for a person to not learn about the world they live in. Yeah. Because again, a a person can have 10 children, two jobs, be married and know everything that we're talking about and know about all of it. And then you can have a person who's in that exact same situation and they don't have a clue. Mm-hmm. So I find it interesting always that human beings just love their excuses and they love finding, I mean, we're all guilty of it, myself included, but we'll find, you know, they'll find an excuse to not learn the truth about something because it shatters their comfortable delusion. <clears throat> exactly. You know, and I believe yesterday in yesterday's podcast show, we were my uh, outcast, my uh, co-host, we were talking about this, this right here. Like, you know, some people are so comfortable with the amount of information that they have taken in and they don't want any more. They're, they're good to go. You know, as long as they have their unhealthy lifestyle and they have their TV and their couch and, and, and they just live in this little bubble, they're good to go. They don't need any more information. They're, they're done. They, they, all they need to know is go down, let them stick this in your arm and you go back home and, and you, you just continue on with that little life that. They don't need more information. They're done. That's it. Let me ask you this too, because again, in your line of work, bouncing around from home to home and neighborhood to neighborhood, you you clearly have to see a number of different things on a constant basis. Oh yeah. Um, have you ever had Have you ever had somebody deny you business because you either? I mean, I'm assuming you're not a mask wearer, but. No, I, I don't wear them things. I mean, have you had, have you had anybody deny you business, or you know, you come up and you, and you start to talk to somebody, and just that basic interaction, an individual, you know, backs away from you or asks if you would put on a mask or something like that. <laughs> um, I see it, okay, because I'm in everybody's yard, right? I'm in their backyards, I'm in multiple people, multiple people's backyards at once sometimes, even when I'm in the subdivision. So it's like you know, I can look over here and I see people on the deck doing whatever they're doing, and the people over here um, on their deck you know, doing what they're doing and in the front. There might be somebody leaving in their garage. I can see in the, you know, it's not like I'm looking, I'm just working. Um, I see a lot of different things. Now the area that we're in, we're in a very conservative area. So there's not a whole lot of craziness, but you have these pockets of these craziness. Now there's one job uh, that I see every Wednesday and next door is a lady who, like you said, again, all the windows are closed up. And I saw her, you know, I was in the neighbor's yard and, and I saw her come out of her house the other day to get her mail. She had a mask on and nobody's around. It, this, it's sun was shining. It was a great morning. I'm just sitting, you know, on, on the machine and I see her scurry across to the grass and, and get her mail and run back. And she had a mask on. And I'm looking around like, 
what am I missing here? What is there? What is she scared of? It's only sunshine and, and beautiful weather out here right now. And she's wearing so, it inside her house. Yeah, she closed the door and, you know, she kind of looked out through the window. She, you know, the, the, she pulled this curtain back and looked out the window and it's still strapped on her face. I'm like, well, this lady's obviously nuts. But, you know, that's, <laughs> I no, nobody's ever asked me to put it on. I don't know if it's um, because they know I won't, maybe the way I look. I don't know what it is, but don't come asking me to put this crap on. Um, I'm not doing it. I'll do it when I have to do some stuff on equipment, um, just to try to cut down on, you know, metal shavings getting into my breathing area. But even then, it doesn't work. It just sort of funnels it around my nose, around the edge of my mouth. But, um, but you know, I just try to not inhale straight up uh, metal shavings. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And um, it, even that still comes through, and those are big particles. So it's just it's total insanity that you know it's basically you know what it is, Sean? It's a magic trick. That the media was able to get over on some of these half the population, it worked. I have no idea how it worked, but it did. Put this piece of cloth on top of your breathing apparatus so you can't breathe. The breathing apparatus is our nose and mouth, but we want you to cover it with this cloth. I, I don't. It makes zero sense, man. If we're gonna actually uh, try to close off. Uh, what we're breathing, well, you're going to see a respirator mask, you're going to see an oxygen tank, you know, a, co a completely enclosed system uh, because everything else, basically, it's like a mosquito going through a cyclone fence. That's the size of these things, of these viruses, right? They're tiny, tiny, tiny. No cloth up there is going to stop it. But it gives the people a sense of uh, safety, I guess, because that's what Fauci and the lion media told them. It's complete insanity. And not to mention the money that, of course, school districts are getting for masking children. I mean, oh, they're receiving yes. tens of millions of dollars. Yeah, the kickbacks, the um, the uh, the payoffs, whatever you want to call it. But yeah, we just found that out around here, and I think I emailed you. Uh, you know how how we can get some information on whether these school boards or you know uh, schools, whatever it is, to go along with these agendas, are they getting more money? And yeah, of course they are. We found out paperwork or. Uh, paper trail that they are and I bet you anybody listen to this if you want to check your district there's ways to find out if your school district is getting uh, uh, payments or funding to include these uh, protocols and I guess what are they coming from the health departments who we don't vote for right uh, CDC who we don't vote for so basically we're being run by a bunch of people who don't represent us that we don't vote for but the politicians buddy up with them to skirt around law to enforce things on us through illegal mandate. It's a complete, it's a complete psychotic nightmare, and we're in it. We're all in the psyop together. Yeah, and I, I covered this in the last episode too. The business of how just the mandates by themselves, legally speaking, based on the definition of an actual mandate, is voluntary. Yeah, I mean, it's a suggestion. It, yeah, right, right. And, yep. and just the irony that there there are school districts that say, well, you can opt out of uh, you you can opt out of wearing a mask if you want to, or you know you don't have to you don't have to wear it all of the time. But if you feel like you want to wear it all the time, go for it. I mean, I, I again, it's only the brainwashed person who would say to themselves, yes, I would like to wear this all of the time, please. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yep, and, and you'll see them. They'll, they'll be double masked up and. Uh, 
you know, trying to avoid people and stepping to the side and acting all weird and stuff. It's like, would you stop? Golly, you guys, come on. No kidding. Like, go back five years ago. Where were you mentally five years, three years ago? Where were you mentally in 2019? Everything was fine. And all of a sudden, the media pulls a trick, a, a, mag- a magician trick, and presto, we got a bunch of zombies now. Hey, you know what, zombies? In 2011, the CDC put out a report about zombies. What the hell were they doing? I saw that, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's that's predictive programming. There's so much of that. Um, I've, been, I've been finding it all over the place. But, you know, before we hang up or whatever, um, I want to go back to what you were saying earlier about the teachers and how they are in a... Uh, echo chamber and they're all in in line and fall in line you know the, you know and a lot of them the good ones seem like they want to they don't want to be around this madness anymore um i have quite a few teachers who are friends but they're more i want to say more conservative type type they know the crap is going on in the schools they just want to try to finish up their uh you know get their pension things like this right yeah um which i, I can kind of understand that but in the long run, you know, for them personally, I can understand what they're coming from. But again, is that them, uh, like we said earlier, we, we weren't paying attention for so long and this stuff was able to creep in and now we find ourselves in this spot. Is that kind of what they're doing too? Because, you know, and I know some who may have be quitting or whatever, but um, it, which leads me to a bigger story of, okay, look, if we're going to lose all these good teachers – because of mandates or the craziness in their uh, environment. And then we look over to the police. We have all these Patriot police who are going against the mandates and they're going to either be fired or they're going to have to quit. And then go to our military. Our military is being purged like uh, majorly right now of Patriots and people who want to go against these mandates. What I'm seeing is they're purging all the good Patriot type people out of them all of these industries and they're going to be replaced, right? They're probably going to be replaced with somebody with people who are, uh, more in line to these mandates. So what's our military police force and teachers, uh, education system going to look like in a year or two. It's not going to look very patriotic. If it'll even exist. Correct. So, you know, I'm just trying to project down the road a little bit here. It's going to put a bunch of good patriotic personnel out into the civilian and world population in sort of a wait and watch type scenario or mode to see what this government is turning into. So while while that change is happening, we're, are we just going to sit back and we're just going to watch and see what happens? Because I don't see any side of this letting up i just see a a slow escalation of things that are coming you know i'm just trying to think what domino is going to be next and and is there going to finally be a domino where like hey look we need you guys to be like australia or be like canada but you know what you guys have all them guns up there um do you think you can put the guns down and be more like them of course us gun owners we're gonna be like yeah okay shut up you specifically in Michigan and me in Ohio. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, these uh, these two states are absolutely rotten when it comes to people who aren't following the law. Yeah. And if we took this message, for example, down to Florida, people down in Florida would be like, hey, we're having a grand old time. Everything's fine down here. Yeah. I mean, every single war 
is so spread out uh-huh. and so different in every location that um I don't I, yeah I I mean I'm I'm right there with you. I I think I think this is going to sound out there but people have said it before so I'm not alone in this regard but I think that if there aren't arrests or a revealing that leads to arrests within the next year or so um there's going to be a full-blown civil war. Yeah, it could look ugly. I mean there could be a thousand Vietnams all across this country with, yeah uh, you know little little wars here and there little um you know which is why i on my on my show i always talk to the people you know in the beginning you know we talk about silver and gold we talk about um you know the things you're going to need whether it's radios or, or medical supplies and uh you know talk to your neighbors make sure you're the beef that you get is from a local local guy you know i have chickens we we have a i used to do bees and honey and everything which i'll probably get into again but we, we need a parallel economy to spring up in all areas where everybody lives. That's the only way we're going to avoid being steamrolled by this great, big, you know, we got the shipping, uh, the ports, you know, they're not being allowed to, to come in because these Democrat president uh, governors and, and mandates are out, out there, you know. Uh, DeSantis wants every, all those short, uh, ships to come to his ports. They'll unload them. To get these supplies rolling on these streets again, you know. So we're, we're watching, we're watching a bottleneck of everything of our whole economy, a forced one. I mean, you know, of course, yeah. The media is trying to say that it's a, uh, you know, it's it's just organic. There's not enough workers here. It's like it's it's all lies, people. There's enough workers here to do everything we need. We don't need any more workers. We have them all here, ready to go. If you would stop paying them to stay home, they would want to go to work. See, I think that's I think that's an interesting thing too, and I've brought that up in the past. I, I don't necessarily believe that that people are, are continuously getting paid anymore to stay home per se. I think a lot of right. people just don't want to go to work because they don't want to get jabbed, they don't want to wear a mask, and they don't want to fight that fight. Yeah, that's a big part of it too. Yeah, for sure. Um, and of course, you know, the jabbed are dropping like flies. So, oh man, yeah, I mean, I've, I've been watching that. I've been watching those stories are coming out. I mean it's affecting kids more now it's affecting you know and what's so funny about it okay i just got a text from a friend today her uh her husband's dad he got jabbed right a couple weeks back i don't know sometime this year or this summer uh guess what he's having now he's an older guy right he's in this he's gotta be in the 70s um he's having heart issues now all of a sudden after a years and year a whole lifetime worth of just being fine now he's got heart issues. Um, I, there's a there's a there's a kid here. She went and her parents took her got to get the jab. She's about my daughter's age, and she's having brain bleed issues. She's been a, a healthy kid her whole life until right now. I don't think people are putting you know one and one together. Yeah, they're definitely you know, not. That that yeah. right there was one of the kind of one of the last things I was going to ask you was, you know, not just what is it going to take to wake people up, but can, I mean, there's really no telling who we can wake up and who is actually going to wake up and start to realize what's really going on. But we definitely know that there are, again, everything is just a spectrum. I mean, I've met people who have taken the jabs and they fully regret it. 100 yeah, per, 100%. They're like, I should have never done this biggest mistake I've ever made in my entire life. Yeah. Um, not because they have any health issues right now, but, but they fully know, you know, what potentially lies, uh, you know, lays down the road. 
you know, and, and they're, they're scratching and clawing for some kind of a cure or a detox method or this, that, or the other. But you, then again, again, you know, you get the people who have taken the jabs, they have serious health problems. And like you said, they're not putting two and two together. Yeah, they're not at all. And, you know, when they do and you try to answer to them, it's, hey, it's probably has something to do with this shot you took. And they're like, oh, they don't want to hear that. No, 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 no. Can't be the shot. Um, and the doctor's not going to tell them it was the shot either because the doctor was the one who gave it to him. Exactly. And, you know, and, and just like the schools, when they get funding to push these protocols through their school, well, the doctors, they're getting all this stuff too. I mean, they're getting major funding from uh, pharmaceutical companies and everything. Just here's, here's the, you know, here's the way we're going to do it. And this is all you guys do for your doctors and the doctors take it and give it to the patients. And that's it. It seems like they don't want to question it. Uh, it seems like they're comfortable in their profession uh, doing this to their patients. But I do know personally some doctors who are not dealing or not having it. Um, and they're actually, like you said, they're helping uh, these people. They're trying to help the people who have taken these jabs who are now injured. Um, and, and, and there's great, I'm going to have him on my show one of these, one of these episodes, but, uh, they're trying to help this stuff. And, and they're, he's an MD who got out of that whole mainstream thing. He's got his own, uh, practice. And man, this guy is great. He's got a whole staff, uh, uh three doctors there now with him. And, um, you know, he's a, he's a great guy and he's helping so many people from just all over the, the world. Uh, they, they fly in here to, to go see him. Um, and everything that he does, That's um, awesome. it's just, it, it's a great awakening that is happening locally. And, um, uh, so he, you know, he, he blasts, you know, we see all these doctors out there, like Judy Mikevitz, uh, some of, some of the other ones who are they, uh, Lee Merritt, sure. uh, a lot of these doctors. Yeah. A lot of them, they're, they're saying, they're shouting it every week yeah. the top of their lungs, you know, and, and even some of them know more than others in their own field who they even run with. Yeah, for I mean, sure. I've had um, one of the doctors that associates with America's frontline doctors, um, Dr. Angie Farrell on my podcast. And mm -hmm. again, no disrespect to her. Um, you know, she's a pediatrician, but I was asking her rhetorical questions and it was evident that she didn't know what I was talking about. I mean, she, <laughs> right? she, she doesn't know that this is a depopulation agenda. Exactly. And yeah, I, 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 I told that to some people too. Yeah. Go ahead. I mean, yeah, it's the same thing. It's the same thing with Dr. Simone Gold. I, you know, I, I, I rail on her from time to time uh, just because I had a face to face interaction with her once that was really jacked up. But um, I, I, she just doesn't get it. I mean, she'll, she'll stand on a stage, you know, in front of a lectern and she'll go, I just don't understand. I just don't understand. I'm going, what the fuck don't you understand? Yeah, now I heard your uh, podcast on that that episode. I heard that, and I was so mad because I'm listening to it while I'm working, and I'm just, you know, I'm I'm punching air because I'm like, how can this lady? I mean, she gets so much. She understands so much of what's going on, but she's completely ignoring this whole other part of it. Yeah, how can you? It's like she must be going through some awakening process too, and, and uh, hopefully at some point it hits her or one of her other doctor friends say. Would you just listen to me? Like, okay, Dr. Uh, Emmanuel, if, if one of those other doctors would grab her and say, look, this, this is what you have to understand. You know, this is a depopulation program. What else is it? I mean, it's, time's going to tell, but yeah. uh, that's, what, that's what I believe. And, and why do I say this stuff and believe this stuff? It's because they told us. Look at all the white papers that were written. Look at the, uh, what Bill Gates comes out of his dirty mouth. Um, Look, look what they've done in, in Africa, in, in India. 
you know, they've been killing and maiming people for decades, man. And now I believe that was all in preparation to take on this country here because they know this is going to be the biggest fight. Yeah, that Obama, that Obama Ebola virus dry run right toward the end of his uh, his yeah, time in yep. office. Th- that right there, that was just mm-hmm. the primer. You know what makes what I don't get about that because you know media was very crooked back then too, and they were totally on his side. Why didn't media take those that story then and push it like they did here? Now remember, it wasn't it was this, it wasn't time. Yeah, you're right. It wasn't time. Media didn't get their signals, so well. Yeah, I mean, right. they're they're all following they're all following orders, and I, I I I mean, I actually think that that was done on purpose to again just prime people, just to ease them into what they actually had planned coming down the line. <laughs> yeah, and do you notice all these? Uh, you know, and I'll go back to you can go back so far, but you notice all these predictive programming, TV shows and movies and episodes and things that have been on TV for a long time, right? And I used to like, for example, when when Walking Dead was first coming on, and I was watching it, and once we got into like season two, three, the storyline kind of changed a little bit, and I, and I told my wife, I was like, you know, you know, at the time I already knew about these predictive programming episodes and and, and things that they do. It's like there's something here. They're telling people how to survive when communications and everything is down. They're teaching people how to do this stuff. Now we already knew how to do this stuff. I'm, I, we've been camping our whole life. I I love when the power goes out because I spring into action around here. And, sure. You know, I, I take care of everything. I love this stuff. You know, I, I'm down with all the communication devices, you know, shortwave, the, the ham radio, the you know, whatever it is. Your neighbors. That's the best communication. I have neighbors all around us that do different things. You know. Um, but it all depends on what kind of situation you're living in. Are you living in town with a bunch of crazy liberals or are you living somewhere out where you have more self-sufficient type people around you that can help each other? I mean, that's luckily that's where I am. Uh, we're out away from people. I don't really have much, you know, too many neighbors, but uh, the ones I do have, they're all, you know, ex-military people and business owners and things like that who, uh, they're down with, you know, just like I am. They, they love being left alone. We just want to be left alone and live our lives and raise our kids, man. Yeah, that's that, that right there hits the nail on the head because that's one of the reasons why we tend to not inhabit political positions or yeah. or run for office is because we don't think they should exist. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, we can do everything we need to on our, on our own. I mean, think about it. You have these – this is something very simple. We have roads in, in every town in this country, right? And if you want to go to Europe, go back centuries, we have these cobblestone roads all over the place that have been there for centuries and over here for hundreds of years. But then we have these newly engineered highways and, and roads all through our town that are all beat up and holy within three years after being put down. So... Uh, what's technology do we like better? You know what I'm saying? The stuff that's been around riding on cobblestone for, you know, that hasn't moved for 2,000 years, or these things in two to three years have holes all over them. Uh, we have horrible roads here in Michigan, but we have, guess what? We have the greatest engineering to get these roads down, right? I don't get it. Yeah. But you go down, to go downtown uh, to some of these downtown streets, those roads have been there forever. And they're still there. They're not moving, and they're made of cobblestone. 
Yeah, it's it's incredible. I mean, the engin- the engineering is absolutely incredible, and unfortunately, again, they're they're squeezing all of these workers to again get the jabs, and if they don't, they lose their jobs. And you know, I, I just I just came across in a short little video of uh, I think he was an ex police officer, but he was describing how this right here is is the greatest way to quote unquote defund the police which is what the left has been saying for quite some time and they're i yeah. mean they're getting away with it they're doing it like, yeah, they like are. again like in chicago and detroit i mean they're they're making them take the jabs or else and then 50% of the police force is walking away and i think that's intentional i think that's what they want to do of course um, from, yeah. from what i from what i studied um I have a YouTube channel too. It's called Jesse James, J A Y M Z. Um, and that's a little bit different from my uh, dangerous info podcast for now. I'm, I'm going to mix them eventually, but I do these short little, uh, uh, short little videos from inside my work trailer, whenever I'm out in the field or whatever. So every now and then I'll just, I'll, something will hit me and I, I got to say it. So I'll just record it and then put it on there. And, um, after doing studying about this, this is the same operations that they did back in Germany in the in the thirties. I think when you the rise of Hitler, is they had to get rid of those police, you know, those that were standing up for the good, for uh, uh, what do we want to call them? The uh, the officers, the peace officers, right? At that time, I believe they had more of a peace officer role instead of like an enforcement type of thing, um, kind of like they have now where they're very much more militarized now. Um, But they wanted to get rid of the good ones, I guess the patriotic ones, the ones that were there for actual citizen rights, if you want to say something like that, and got all replaced by tyrants, little mini tyrants in their own mind. Yeah. That's what's going to happen here. So people out there, if you're listening, you have cop neighbor friends that are going to be losing their job or quitting their job at some point, Make sure you're friends with them because we're going to need these people in the future. They know things that they can show us for future use. Just make friends with them, guys. Yeah, that's well said, man. L- let me ask you one last question here. Um, yeah. Because, again, we were talking about like survival skills and tools mm-hmm. to get and things of that nature. I had somebody on Gab toss me something the other day, and I watched the guy's video. and it, I mean, it was an interesting video, but it didn't give anything away because they were selling, they were selling this method. And I okay. wanted to get your take on it and see if you've heard or read anything about this. It basically has to do with creating your own water system mm-hmm. uh, by filtering water out of the air via condensation, I assume. Oh, yeah. I've done it before. Okay. Yep. They basically claim that you can get the materials for less than 200 bucks at Home Depot. and uh, Oh, the- you can do it cheaper than that. You can do it for 10 bucks. Uh, basically, you just need a tarp. You know those uh, painter cloth tarp, or not cloth, but painter plastic? Right. Um, um, there's a few different ways to do it. I've done it a bunch of different ways because, you know, we do camping and all that stuff all the time. I just got back from hunting trip over the weekend yesterday. Um, but then there's no electricity up there. So we, we do what we have to do. But basically, think about this. If you take a bucket, a five-gallon bucket, preferably, uh, preferably a, a food-grade bucket, don't use just straight-up plastic, um, or glass, even better. And you put it down, and you can take a one of those tarps, you know, a clear tarp, yeah, and uh, get it set up 
so that, if, for example, if you take like uh, think think of your kitchen table, right? You have your chairs all the way around it. Yeah. The table in the mid in the table in the middle. You can kind of create recreate this outside with you know stones or buckets or whatever. Put your main bucket in the middle. Put your chairs or whatever you're going to use to hold the tarp up around it in a circle, and put like a, a rock or something right in the middle so it kind of dangles over the top of that bowl underneath, right? And so it's pushing down on the tarp in the uh, as the tarp is over the bucket. Yes, and what'll happen? Um, and you want it, you don't want it to touch the tarp because it's got to drip into the bucket, right? Um, so what's going to happen? It's going to cause condensation inside there. You know, if you leave a bag of uh, a bag of bread in the sun in in the window, and the sun hits it, and it gets all that condensation inside your bread, makes your bread wet. Yeah. All right, it's the same thing. Uh, just make the, you know, you can build that thing outside. When the sun hits it, it doesn't take long. You'll see kind of condensation start to build up. And the reason you put that rock in the, in the middle is because as the condensation builds up along that tarp, it'll roll down to the, where that rock is at and drip. It'll drip into your bowl. That's clean drinking water right there. Yeah. Um, it, you know, if you want, you can bring it in or put it on a fire and, and boil it if you, if you feel like you want to. You can do that too. But, um, Think about that. That thing will run if you had two or three of them laying around. Uh, you can actually do it with, uh, they can be as big as you want, as small as you want. They can be as permanent as you want or, or not. Um, it's an easy system. I don't know what he was doing for 200 bucks, but probably added a filter or something like that. But even filters are easy to make using grass and uh, uh, grass, sand, charcoal, that's, and leaves. That's easy enough to make that too. Yeah, I think I think that was the process, and certainly, if I had to take a guess, it was on a much larger scale. But yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, we used to build ponds, and you know, every now and then we still will. But all we're doing when we build ponds, uh, we have to recreate the filtering process that a uh, like a swamp would do. And the way that a swamp cleans water for pond usage is, or lake usage, um, is basically it runs it through live plants, sand, and uh, some sort of a gravel material. And as long as you have carbon in there, uh, you know, like uh, we use burnt wood, wood charcoal. You know, that's that's that cleans everything up. You can get good water out of out of out of thin air. <laughs> you can get good clean drinking water out of thin air. I think that's where we're heading. And again, his video presentation was interesting. Again, you're you're just hearing him talk and you're seeing the words on the screen, but uh-huh. you know, just. People fighting over toilet paper, for God's sakes. Once they start po- poisoning the water supply, people are going to start fighting for bottled water. <clears throat> yeah, and uh, I'm so glad that we live on a well. Uh, I would have never want to live in any kind of city water, municipal water situation. That's just a that's just a time bomb, man. It's a trap. Um, I know all these people who you know love their city well water. You're drinking. You don't know what you're drinking. You know, you could be drinking fluoride, which is uh, you can go ahead and investigate that all you want and see where that came from. That was a big another scam that happened. No kidding. Uh, oh, yeah. You know anything about the fluoride and how that was brought in? Absolutely. Okay. So, you know, I, I would suggest to your listeners, you guys go check that out. The way that they was the fluoride was marketed after World War II and the surplus of it that we had, that's bomb-making material. And we had to get rid of it some. You know, our government had to get rid of it somehow. So... Let's uh, let's talk to the dentist and let's uh, talk to the farmers and let's put a, together this big marketing campaign and we're going to rebrand fluoride as helpful things that you're going to need on your food or in your mouth or on your teeth or in your water. Yeah, we've been scammed, you guys. 
it's time to wake up. Go ahead and plug your podcast. Tell people where they can find you. I know you're on Gab too, but give them all the necessary yeah. addresses. I would say um, any of your podcast uh, websites or, or applications that you guys use is Dangerous Info with Jesse James. It's J-E-S-S-E-J-A-Y-M-Z. I'm on Gab uh, at Jesse James. And then Telegram. It's uh, uh, Telegram, what is it, uh, slash Jesse James. It's T.me, I believe, right? Yeah, T.me slash Jesse James. And um, my Instagram, man, my Instagram has really been taken off over the last few months because I, I make these whiteboards in my trailer. I've got this little dollar store whiteboard, and I write these things on there, and I take a picture of it with my half my face in it. And these things have been taken off. I mean, viral. And there's probably one that you know about, that emergency one that I put out there. Yeah. Um, how, you know, you allow governments to uh, create laws for emergencies while well, they will eventually break law for emergencies, something like that. I can't remember the exact quote. I have to look at it again, but it's on there. That thing went absolutely viral. I mean, they had it over on uh, Dave from uh, uh, X-22. He had it on there. Antonio Sabato Jr., he shared it. John Solomon shared it on his. Uh, Dr., uh, Dr. Ruby, she shared it on hers. And I was able to find a few people to, you know, at least give me a, a shout out for using it. But you know, it was funny. They cut my face off and they just kept my, uh, my writing and my board up there. But anyway, that's Instagram. That's at Jesse James one, the number one, J A Y M Z. So at Jesse James one on Instagram. But, um, I, I really see Gab and Telegram as the future because. You know, I've been booted off Facebook and Instagram and these normie sites for so long, and they're just going to get worse. So I, I'm really, I'm really liking Gab. Um, and I think that's going to be more important for the future as we go. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless. <laughs>